G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. The more we got to know each other, the more I understood how the the difference was especially spiritual. And then fell in love and she then made this calamitous decision to break off our relationship. We had a you know very real relationship, we're in love, and yet the way she explained it, she said, I, I, I love you, but I love God more. The Story. Hi, I'm Robbo. Welcome to The Story. Well, last time Swan Lee shared her life journey and how she met and married a surfer dude named Rex Campbell while attending university in Perth. This time Rex shares his side of the story and how he met Swan Lee and about the spiritual journey he was on, searching for purpose and meaning in his life. Rex Campbell is chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Yeah, we met on the second day of university and we... uh uh, I noticed her straight away, and of course she didn't notice me at all. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, and I don't know if she shared this last time but on the program, but she could not recognize me mm-hmm. amongst all the Aussies and yeah. had to memorize my clothing, you see. Because <laughs> <laughs> she obviously felt that all the Australians looked alike. Yeah, that's right, which uh, <laughs> I felt when I go up to Singapore, of course. But And so, um, yeah, I got, a, I got a, a bit of an insight there. And then, uh, but she needed to recognise me because that's how we got to know each other as mm. we were carpooling. I, um, you know, the first rule of romance uh, for guys is have a car, get <laughs> girls. So it worked for me. And uh, she was just my friend at that point, just a companion, travelling, studying together. But Although, well, I understand that there was a blonde girl. There was in the carpool as well. There was a triangle. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was complicated. <laughs> Do we <laughs> no. want to not get into that? <laughs> no, no. But as I think, as my wife shared, that uh, God removed her from the picture. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's <laughs> she right. She stopped studying at university, and uh, so it was the two of us travelling together and and enjoying that, and and uh, it was a lot of a lot of. Um, cross-cultural learning happening. I mean, uh, Singapore is a, a, in a sense, a kind of a Western and Asian culture mm-hmm. combined, mm-hmm. but there were still many cross-cultural things for her, and there was also a lot for me in understanding um, a bit more about uh, Asian culture. Um, and I was, I guess, a bit of her James Dean experience. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, you know, the, the rebel, the rebel uh, uh, and I was uh, not... Um, uh, not like her in many respects. So uh, I didn't have the same faith as her. I didn't oh, okay. have the same lifestyle as her. And uh, But the whole James Dean, maybe that was a bit of the appeal, is getting to know an Aussie bloke who, uh, hmm. you know, had a bit of a rough, raw edge uh, or rough side to, to him, you know. that. Uh, so, and, and I was um, pretty rough and um, in in terms of um, lifestyle and, hmm. um, and I guess um, pretty un unspiritual mm. really as a person so for me it was all about just uh, enjoying life really mm. and um whereas for her there was a importance to life and a and a spiritual side to life and so that was i was i noticed that that's what stood out to me particularly in swan lee now 
one thing that happens when people are far away from home and in another country going to university is for the first time in their lives, they have to determine for themselves, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow those rules that mom and dad told me? Or now that I'm on my own, I can decide whether I want to go to parties, drink, etc. So, you mm. know, kind of testing the limits because for the first time she can determine what she wants to get into. So is it mm. some of that in the yeah, equation? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I mean, the James Dean experience. She got a bit of an insight to the other side of life, you know, the party life and so on that I was involved in. She didn't actually really indulge, mm-hmm. um, but I would invite her to parties. And this is after we'd traveled for a while together and, and uh, after that um, first kiss that, I, yeah, that she yeah, described Let's, let's go program. back to that kiss that she talked about, a fateful day where mm. at that point in her mind, you were just somebody who... Yeah, just a ca- traveling companion. Yeah. Any insights what was going through your mind? Details, yes, please. Yes, I, I was... <laughs> details. Well, I saw a beautiful neck and I kissed it. And uh, <laughs> what more do you need to know? Um, and uh, I guess, yeah, she was... Um, a be- and she is a beautiful woman. And I could just see a lot of great qualities in her. And, mm. and, um, and then I wanted to... And I was really interested in her and... And so how how do you communicate that when you can't find the right words? Well, mm. so I, I, kiss I on just the back of the neck. kiss on the back of the neck, <laughs> did the trick. And it spoke those words as she said that she mm. suddenly thought, ah, he's mm. a guy and but, I could be interested in him. But there was a problem. There was. You there was very much. That. And so we were from different worlds, not mm. only oh, yeah. Singapore and Australia, uh, different lifestyles. And I had no insight as to the spiritual world at all i mm. had grown up in a, a near the beach in a um a fairly well-to-do suburb what's called city beach in perth mm-hmm. um and i um basically with my brother spent most of the time on the beach I got into surfing a lot and by the time i hit high school i was heavily into drugs and uh even dealing drugs and by the time i was about 18 um, I first, yeah, first year of university, um, one of my best friends had, um, committed suicide when his girlfriend left him. Hmm. Uh, I'd known him all his life. He lived two doors away and another friend was in Fremantle jail, uh, from armed robbery, from drugs hmm. related, um, uh, armed robbery. And I guess I was just, um, starting to get caught up in the, in the wrong crowd really. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to think, well, there must be more to life than this, mm. um, than just a uh, an endless series of parties and drug dependence, I guess. And I began to travel, so I um, got a job. I managed to work for a year and save some money and, and traveled around Australia, which was a wonderful experience at the age of 20. And I... Um, you know, just enjoyed that for about ten months and met a lot of had a lot of life changing experiences and uh, having to live on your own for a, ten months was a, a good thing actually a lot of time to think about things and and I, I decided really to to study had to study environmental science and so I returned from the east coast um, um, but while I was in the east coast I had um, in fact travelled from Sydney across to New Zealand I'd heard. Uh, I'd been. I was hitchhiking around. Um, left the car in Sydney and flew to New Zealand, and was hitchhiking around the South Island of New Zealand. This was in September, so it was freezing cold. <laughs> I got stuck on one corner for eight hours trying to hitchhike at oh, wow. at what's called Milford Sound. You know, there's one car every 
two hours. <laughs> none of them like the look of me, and there's little, there's good reason for that. And uh, in fact, when I returned home, my father didn't even recognise me. But what, long but that's hair, beard, story. And, yeah, just okay. all scruffy. Got to get a visual picture of this. Yeah, here. that's right. Okay. Pretty scruffy, and um, you know, ten months on the road. But when I was in New Zealand, I was picked up hitchhiking by this pastor in a slow car on a long journey and he had me captive and he he um told me the gospel he told me a story mm. that i'd never heard before because i'd never been to church in the 20 years wow never been to church at all wow and that's not uncommon for australians and mm-hmm. just don't go and but i heard a, a story about um a god who wanted a personal relationship and i'd never understood that idea as well that mm. i'd always thought god was a human idea a crutch you know or whatever that we often think about god but he talked about a god who loved me and who wanted a personal relationship and and he also um described the state that i was in kind of separated from god had sin in my life what what we call sin and i was separated from god not just by what i'd done but by just the nature that we have of mm-hmm. selfishness and mm-hmm choosing to ignore God and so on. Uh, but then he told me how this God had come to earth in the form of Jesus. He died on a cross and literally broken that that um, separation, mm-hmm. pr- created a, a link um, between um, God and man. And and so he's telling me the story of Jesus and how Jesus would uh, wants to be a part of my life and so on. But then he challenged me and said, well, I have to make a personal decision. It's not like joining a religion or mm signing a form or anything you know i've got to actually trust in jesus and make that personal decision and then he would become part of my life and and transform my life and i at the time i i didn't make that decision i just well that's interesting i've Mm. never heard that perspective about god before and it was refreshing instead of a religious um judgmental Mm. perspective i Mm. guess that i'd always seen god as and then i traveled back home to perth and returned home and and uh, started studying, and that's when I met Swan Lee. Oh, okay. On the second day of university, uh, after returning home from travelling, and she, as I said, was um, different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more we got to know each other, the more I understood how the the difference was, especially spiritual, is that how I would behave when under stress was different how she would behave when under stress, um, and that she had some qualities and some distinctives that I that I lacked, uh, even though I'd probably experienced more radical things in my life, she had more depth, I think, mm, mm. Than, than I had. Um, and then when we're in love, fell in love, and in a sense knew that we were the ones for each other, we wanted to get married, she then made this calamitous decision uh, to break off our relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah, right when it was at its best, uh, <laughs> she broke it off, and... So for me, that was like, what is going on here? Um, this yeah. very, uh, we had a you know very real relationship. We're in love, and yet the way she explained it, she said, "I, I, I love you, but I love God more, hmm. and He's very real. And and if I continue to, uh, if I marry you, I will be pulled away from God. He's very, very important to me. And uh, hmm. and so that did a wonderful thing. It uh, it made real that. Um, that God that I had always thought was not real because she would break off our relationship very real and close for this thing, you know, that people believe in called God. Well, God was suddenly Through real. faith. <laughs> yeah, it was, took a big step of faith, which I didn't understand all that stuff then, but it made God real. And um, the other thing is that 
you know, it forced me to make a personal decision, that kind of decision that the the guy that had mentioned to me when I was hitchhiking had said. And um, and it wasn't just because I wanted the girl. I wanted the girl. <laughs> um, but I knew that that wasn't enough, that she was the kind of person that really um, would keep walking away mm. unless I really was a Christian. So that wasn't the motive. Um, now, I like the way she described it. Yeah. You started to become interested in God because you wanted to know and check out your competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Pretty much. It's uh, you kind know, of an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, it was. You know, who is this other guy? You know? <laughs> well, he's God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize that at the time, right, you know, right. that, that God had a few things up on me. And uh, <laughs> he, um, so, you know, I thought, well, I better get to know this guy, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, get him out of the way or sort of sort him out. But, but lo and behold, God had a plan and and uh, he he'd been working in my heart obviously for a mm-hmm. long time and uh-huh. and um, and anyway she um, she was steadfast and mm-hmm. um, so we didn't see each other for a couple of weeks and and God did a lot of work in that time in my life and of course he exposed all the stuff that was going on for me and mm-hmm. had been going on and the and um, so I then um, I visited church I had been a couple of times with her but not really. Um, just as a social outing, really, with Swanley. But this time I went, I was actually quite interested because her belief had become real to me. Mm-hmm. It was she really believed this stuff, you know. And so I went along and God just whacked me between the eyes with uh, a reality of my state, you know, my, mm. the state of myself and uh, and my separation from God. And, and I, um, that day, you know, prayed a prayer of, you know, God, I need you. You know, mm-hmm. I want you in my life. Uh, you're the thing that uh, can make all the difference, and and um, I uh, prayed that prayer, and God came into my life, and and then um, changed many things actually, almost instantly. Um, I lost interest in drug taking, mm-hmm. and um, I was able to get out of some of that scene, mm-hmm. and then has over the last twenty five years continued to remove some things and add greater things. So mm-hmm. it's not not like everything gets fixed at the moment. Right, right. You become a Christian, but I right. think that ability to... It's the to, start uh, of your journey. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, he's still at work in me, and there's some rough rough stuff that has got to be dug out constantly. But I, I think that moment of having to make a decision about God was, was prompted by my wife, or my girlfriend at the time, and then fiancé and then wife. And so we were married about a year later. That was Rex Campbell sharing his journey to faith in Christ and how he met and married his future wife, Swan Lee. Last time we heard Swan Lee share that 15 years after they were married, the Lord led them to help begin a new marriage ministry in Australia. They provided leadership for that ministry for many years and still speak at marriage conferences. To learn more about those conferences and about the marriage resources their ministry provides, just go to powertochange.org.au forward slash families. That's powertochange.org.au forward slash families. Next, we'll stay on the marriage theme with Joe and Steve Hood, who will share how they found love over 20 years after they were married. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. 
Hi, I'm Robbo and this is The Story. We're continuing with the marriage theme today as our next guests have written a book about their relationship called Love Happened. However, what is unique about Joe and Steve Hood's story is that love happened 20 years, one month and one day after the wedding. Joe and Steve Hood are sharing their story with Karen Hunt. Welcome to the program and give us a little bit of a background of where you grew up and what life was like as a young'un for you. Sure. Well, I was raised in Auckland, New Zealand. I was the eldest of three children, so um, I have a brother and a younger sister. I attended church back then. I went to school and then to a business course for a year and then took on a personal assistant role in a very small not-for-profit organisation in the Christian community. Um, it was a promotional company as well as an insurance company. So I was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. It was the best training ground for me. And then life happened, really, and I got married and had two children and we moved over here to Australia six and a half years ago. So, Joe, give us an idea about your faith journey. Was there there a moment in your life as a teenager, as a young person, when you decidedly gave your heart to Christ? Yes, when I was 13, we had a, uh, it was an evening church service and God had really been stirring me leading up to that evening and I was at the service and the guy gave the call and I stood up and made the decision and was baptised when I was about 13, 13, 14, sometime around then. You decided to follow Jesus. No looking back, eh? Absolutely. Joe, your little booklet in my hand says, Love Happened. The subtitle is 20 years, one month and one day after the wedding. Now, you're talking about your marriage to your husband, Steve. Yes, and it wasn't an arranged marriage, by the way. Uh-huh. So love usually happens before a marriage. It does. Before an engagement, during yep. a courtship. Tell us, how did you meet Steve? And how did that journey begin? The church I attended, the actual home church we come from in New Zealand, had one of the best rugby teams um, <laughs> in in Auckland. Yep. And my husband was a keen rugby player. Uh-huh. And so he joined our church to participate in the rugby team that was happening. And so we met through that There was an attraction, but there was definitely not a deep sense of we are destined to be together. Just that sense of deep love, I would say. Mm -hmm. I am the sort of person that focuses on the future and am more caught up in the achieving of a goal than necessarily the process. So dating Stephen, I just anticipated that dating equaled Engagement equaled marriage and found myself then married to him and not really in love with him. So would you say you rushed into getting married? Yeah, we were engaged six months after we first met and then were married six months later. We certainly enjoyed each other's company most of the time. I often went along and watched his basketball and rugby games. You know, we didn't really have a huge amount in common when you look back on that time frame. So from what you said before, Joe, Steve was absolutely in love with you. Absolutely. At the time. Yes. But you are more the kind of person, you are more committed to the outcome. Yes. Than the yes. relationship. Would you say you had a foundation, a starting point, a safety net at all no, to return to? No, and I think that was the thing that kept stumbling me through the marriage time, that I couldn't really go back to the point of saying, 
I married this guy because I was really in love. And I also wanted a sense that the marriage was in God's plan. And I didn't have that as a secure sense either. Now, I have your book in my hand, Joe. It's called Love Happened. And when I flick through page 27, there's just one sentence there that simply says, and I finally fell in love with my husband. Take us to that part of the journey. Well, life had gone through various um, ups and downs. um, And we, the crazy thing is, we didn't actually fight for all intents and purposes. We looked like we were a happy married couple. Our children, I've quizzed both the kids and neither of them were aware of this going on in the background. It was my indifference that just kept us, well, my indifference and Stephen's love that kept us going. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where Stephen actually felt confident to talk to me, chat to me, arrest the moment and say what is really going on because I am not a vindictive person so I didn't want to say to him, I made a mistake, it's all wrong, this marriage shouldn't have happened. But I had started to keep a journal uh, unbeknown to me, Stephen was actually reading my journal and knowing what was going on inside my head, oh. even though I couldn't vocalize that to him because I just felt that was too mean. So he talked to me about this journal that he had been reading, and it was at that moment in that evening that we became very real to each other and very honest with each other, and it all just changed. And I mean, crazily enough, honesty was is a big value of mine, and yet I was really being dishonest with not fronting up with my true feelings. I know you've got Steve there with you. Are you able to give him the phone now? <laughs> Here he is. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hi, good, thanks. So you've just been hearing Joe telling me about how love happened 20 years, one month, one day after the wedding. Steve, what was going on in your mind with that conversation? I think being a male, my um, thought processes are quite different. I looked at her and thought she was all right. And we talked and probably from her point of view, she hadn't had many boyfriends. Whereas from my point of view, I'd had a few girlfriends, so I thought that it was love. Whereas from her point of view, it was probably more, he's all right, this is a bit different to me, it must be love. Mm. So after that defining moment in your relationship, what kind of changes actually began to take place? Probably I was at the start of a new part of my life where I'd just got a permanent job after a long injury, where I was off work for years, and it was quite a life-threatening thing. And so... After getting the job, I felt more independent, so it meant that I had, um, if something did happen and if we did break up, because we couldn't keep on going on for years and years, so it meant that something had to change, and it was just at that moment that I talked and she listened and we both accepted each other for what it was. Steve, tell us about your family upbringing compared to Joe's and why you both decided to write this book. I'd come up in a family where it was a broken marriage and so we accepted whatever was as children, whereas Joe had come up in a family where it was loving and the perfect family. And so when we got married and life wasn't perfect, I accepted that because that was life. Whereas for her, looking at it, she was probably thinking, life is so much better. I love the fact that you're telling your story purely to give hope. I mean, there are many people right now who probably are feeling there isn't a way forward, there isn't a way out, there's no solution. So are you saying be committed to finding a way? Would that be your encouragement? This is only our story. Every relationship is different. Like Joe said, we never ever argued or fought over anything going through the whole thing. 
it's quite hard for people to think that's impossible. But the things that we've got in common were quite strong, even though we didn't think that we had much in common. And we've built on that since that time frame of me falling in love and us being honest with each other. We've built on those common factors and now have a marriage that is incredibly strong and in fact we're going to be celebrating 30 years next year. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah you hung in there. So, yeah. And I see here you've made mention of a Max Licato book, A Love Worth Giving. How much of an impact has that one had on your life? Well, that was huge in the whole process because when I got to the love chapter, which ironically is so often read at wedding ceremonies, Max recommends that you put your name in that chapter rather than love is patient and kind, Joe is patient and kind. But what I found myself doing was actually realizing that Steve was patient and kind and Steve had all those attributes of love and that in fact he was being as Jesus was to me as well and he was providing me with unconditional love that I wasn't accepting and yet in my Christian faith I accept that from Jesus readily and here I was not accepting it of someone who was being as Jesus to me in my own marriage. So you had a great thing but you didn't even realize. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after that time frame it didn't just all change overnight. It wasn't, you know, a magic moment as such that the old patterns still occurred in my head and the messages of indifference still continued and I think that that when you are committed to finding a way ahead you actually have to also be committed to making those changes inside your head changes to the behavior changes to the voices in your head changes to the things that come out of your mouth and changes to the way you actually process your thoughts Mm. about a person or about a situation and that's where true forgiveness Your main encouragement is, one, be committed to finding a solution, a better way. Two, get a friend involved, someone who can be impartial, someone to uh, really share your journey and encourage you. And three, put time into your marriage. Do you want to uh, add anything more to that? I uh, I think for those people who are listening who also don't have a God connection, be committed to finding who God is and what God is really wanting to offer you because that is a huge part for us of the total journey as well. And change. Be prepared the whole time Joe was praying for me to change, for God to change me. Mm-hmm. Whereas really she came to the realisation that maybe she had to change more than what she thought. Steve, Joe, thanks so much for your time and honesty. Thank you. Thank you. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Steve and Joe Hood, authors of a book about their marriage called Love Happened, 20 years, one month and one day after the wedding. In this day and age of divorce and marriages breaking up, it was refreshing to hear their story and how God revived their marriage. Also, I should mention that Joe Hood is the founder of the very successful ministry for mothers called Mainly Music. So you can find out more about their book at the Mainly Music website, mainlymusic.org. That's mainlymusic.org. Well, we started off today's program with Rex Campbell sharing his story and how he met his future wife, Swan Lee. So we want to thank you for joining us for two marriage stories. Until next time, I'm Robbo, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thank you. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.